Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of 40K Radio. I'm your host, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is Amy. Hello. And JF. Hey, Matt. Matt, I just had an omelet with four eggs in it. I'm just balling. Nice. Good protein. Good protein. What, what else was in the omelet? Um, chopped jalapenos, which Ooh, is nice. a recent addition to my omelet, and it is just a genius move on my part. Like, I've... I've never done many. I haven't done many smart things in my life, but this is this is one of them, and some heated up frozen veggies and a, a bit of cheese, which I only recently discovered is lactose free. <laughs> Our listeners are about to sh- just freaking kill me. Uh, moving on to hey Matt, what have you been doing for uh, Warhammer 40k this week? Well, it's been a while since last episode. We took a little holiday break, but um, I did play some. Games of the new Arcs of Omen boarding actions, which we'll talk about later. And uh, I helped Tio uh, the last ITC tournament at our local store. Oh, which that's was cool. fun. The uh, the guy that normally doesn't had a family thing he had to leave for in the middle, so I covered him for like three hours. And luckily, there weren't any questions. Family. You would have just made it up. I would have been like, yeah, been you know, you guys figured out. Let me refer the rule book. Oh, roll a d6 and uh, yeah. figure it out that yeah. way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, like I said, I played a couple games of Arcs of Omen um, using Space Marines and Photan, and I had a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this this new way to play 40K. How about you, Jeff? I have been building some scenery for, for uh, Arcs of Omen because I'm sure we'll talk a bit about it, but the scenery is important. The scenery is... Uh, I'm sure there's ways of substituting, but I don't want to because yeah. the scenery for Ox of Omen that came in those two Kelting boxes um, that we recently uh, that were recently received released last year are dope. So I'm I'm working on that, but I've been hard at work on so many other things, mostly uh, a few secret secret things for our team tournament at Adepticon. I've also been doing some Death Guards, which is nice, exciting. I painted a unit of Plague Marines. I'd never painted Plague Marines before. They're fun, they are fun. right? Yeah. yeah they're they're so, so much fun. fun. Never-ending details. Like, oh, yeah. You can get away with not painting all the details, and it'll be fine, but it's easy to spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, you can spend days highlighting boils and pustules on... Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, oh, I mean, th- this worm crawling out yeah, exactly. of the armor is like whatever. Like, it's fine. I don't need to paint it because it's like under hit the guy's gun. But I could paint him, and then I could <laughs> take out my fluorescent paint set mm-hmm. and paint all the the ooze coming out of the other dude's armor, so that under under black light he uh, he glows. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> then I started working on my Warhammer 40k friendly army for Depticon. I've got two models done. Oh god. Amy, how many yeah, days no. sold Depticon? Uh 62 as of this recording. It'll be fine. It, yeah, it'll but be fine. Ask him how many models he has. Ooh, ooh, ask that's a good question. How many models are in your army, JF? Eight. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, you're fine. You're no problem. <laughs> Super fine. All right, good. I was I was worried you were going to be like two and finish two, and I have like sixty more to go. No, no, no. I that's for other projects that I'm <laughs> in this situation. But I've I I, I finished painting a, uh, a a Voss pattern lightning strike fighter. Nice and a Forge World Mall, which is always an interesting little challenge. Like, what is this resin gonna look like? And it was fun. It was interesting. Uh, a couple of surprises. For the very first time, I got a resin transparent resin cast canopy. I didn't even know Forge World did those. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's a little bit insane. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I because the fly, the flyer is the only thing with a base in my entire army. The rest is all tanks. Uh, I went a bit crazy on the on the on the base. <laughs> I had to do like add foliage, a bunch of yes. things. And because it's only eight models, and my theme is kind of a tank girl inspired. Yes, thing. I'm so happy you're doing it. Ah, oh, love it. Yeah. So- Every one of the tanks needs to – every vehicle or model has its own kind of story and sub-thematic. Like why – what kind of graffiti do they have on their tank? Why do they have those graffitis on their tank? Which leads me to the second model I painted, mm-hmm. which is a Rogel Dorn uh, tank. It is – it's a wild model. <laughs> <Yo. laughs> First of all, there, I'll start with the negative. Something that struck me is very bizarre – you know how Games Workshop's pretty thorough with their models, right? Yeah. Uh, in general, you'll have—I mean, you'll 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 have the model, and like some of the models, you'll have the interior in case you want to do that, and some hidden pieces are are are, are sculpted. And obviously, the Rogaldorn being more like the like a big Lamanrus doesn't have an interior, but it also doesn't have a bottom. There's a chunk under the tank that is just open. Oh, interesting. It's, it's weird. Like, it's not a problem. Like, no one's going to see it. Like, it's under the model. Who cares? But it's weird that Games Workshop went in that direction. And, and considering how it, what the sprues look like, I'm assuming they just ran out of real estate. That's fine. It probably, but, yeah, it probably saves yeah. yeah, like you said, having to throw another sprue in there. Yeah, and I, you know, if keep, <laughs> actually keep costs down. Yeah. As or as Games Workshop does that. But yeah, the, the thing is, I went with a, a kitty cat theme. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's because I had a spare Frost Saber from uh, Warhammer Fantasy, and I wanted to put it somewhere, and a big tank having a cat on it with um, all all the drivers and a bunch of cat-themed graffitis just sounded fun to me. So that's what I did. It's still, I mean, it's still a military tank. It's still... But it looks like a military tank that was taken over by a crazy cat lady that also owns a giant mutant tiger. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to, and it's been really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, GW was kind enough to send us um, the tank, the new tank. And <clears throat> when our, when we talked about the Codex, I was, you know, I was saying I would do a tank army, too. And then, of course, like you said, the first one's free, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Every time. But I, I oh, ex- I've ordered my four uh, the four Leman <laughs> Rust tanks. I need to uh, for the next step. And how, and how for is anybody he... that's going to be playing in the friendly, worry not. I am <laughs> not doing an efficient tank army. How I'm not, um... not going to show up with two Hydras or oh, anything yeah, yeah. like that. Like, no worries. It is. I'm, I'm going for the thematic because I want to paint really stupid tanks. 
Are you going to bring a single death strike missile launcher? Yes. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> oh. um, yes, because I get to paint a giant <laughs> missile any way I want. I was going to say. And, yeah. And also, it's just. I don't think it's the most efficient no, model in the army. Like it looks, it, it's, it looks it's awesome. fun, yeah. and I will always pick the vortex missile because. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, it's I'm I'm having a lot of fun with this. How was the um the forge world kit? Was you know was it a decent? I'm always always curious when people get forge world stuff. If it was a decent casting, not a lot of bending, especially with the planes. I've. I I do I do a decent amount of Forge World stuff and this one I everything fit as perfectly as you'd expect large pieces of resin to. Yeah. I had to straighten a last cannon because you always have to straighten the stupid last cannons. Mm-hmm. Um and one of the rear wing like Elrons had to be straightened a little bit. Uh, otherwise everything just was really well cast. Um I guess there are two of the missiles underneath that I had to like re-sculpt the tip a bit because there was like it wasn't as pointed as it sh- as the other ones, and I mm. wanted them all to look kind of uniform. But generally speaking, no, a, v- a very good kit. Awesome. Um, so yeah, no, very satisfied. If anybody wants to see the models, I'm gonna have pictures on our Facebook page and on our Twitter page. So that's the thing that we do sometimes using social media. Yeah. never use social media we really should well th- things will be changing soon but amy how about you what have you been up to so um i am also plugging away at my 40k friendly army my orcs are very exciting um i'm pretty hyped about that actually but now so now i've moved on to like because now it's just paint right like i just gotta paint yeah so now I've moved on to figuring out all the ancillary nonsense that goes around the 40k friendly. Like, what am I going to give away to my opponents? And I've figured that out mostly, and I'm very excited about it. So, yeah, and then the team tournament stuff also in charge of ancillaries. So that's my life. My life has very little model You're doing the things. merch. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, our standard NDA projects from... Our good friend mm-hmm. James Workshop, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know the the stuff that we can't talk about yet. Probably. Yeah, but we will. No, but again, to plug the social media, that's the first place you'll see it when we it's do true. it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I, I assume that's in the show notes. We have show notes. Do we have show notes? <laughs> um, <laughs> show notes. Kind of. Yeah. We will have better show notes soon. Let me put it that way. All right. All right. <laughs> So look up our social media in the show notes. Um, yeah, so um, <clears throat> four of your new releases coming. Uh, you get the Imperial Guard coming out this week. Uh, and we just had the Arcs of Omen first. Not only the, the book for the Arcs of Omen boarding actions, but also the Arcs of Omen Grand Tournament Pack. Or Tournament Pack just hit too. So... Um, these were provided by Games Workshop to us for a promotion, and we're going to talk about the Arcs of Omen Abaddon book. Did you guys have a chance to read any of this book? So yes. Here's, here's my problem. Here's my problem with this book. It's a great book. Yeah. I love this book. But they dangled Vashtor the Archophane in front of me, and I never really mentally got past that. Oh, they um, they dangled a lot in this book. Yeah, and I I'm like I'm like so ready. 
but also like get like get there <laughs> like let's yeah it, it's Pepitone, you're great and all but come on with with a lot of the gw campaigns like segulating and stuff right this is the first book so it's the here's the setup for what's going on the story so far yeah here, here's where we are so far so basically abaddon um after vigilus was you know he's sort of hanging back his flash was getting repaired and then Vashtor appears and they pull a bunch of space hulks out of the warp massive space hulks and they sort of clean them out of whatever's living in there and and reconfigure them for for chaos usage and have well, one of the things i like is that they do as best a job they can cleaning him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's still something hidden clear. away in there somewhere. You can't, you can't completely clear out a space hawk. And I, I love the idea that these chaos warbands, they're, they're they're coming to Abaddon, they're bending the knee, they're pledging their allegiance, and Abaddon's giving them a space hawk that could have orcs in it. Somewhere. Yeah. You know. If you hear scrabbling I, in the walls, it might it might be Tyranids. Yeah. So just, like, be aware. Just take care of it. But you're you know. chaos. You're always, yeah. like, everything you own is spiky. So, like, yeah. you'll be fine. Look, here's a space hawk. Don't kick the tires too much. Just... <laughs> and it, it's great. It's First of all, it's very chaotic. Yeah. But it's just, I love the idea of just, like, this warband coming out of the warp. Yeah. Ready to wreak havoc. And then just hearing... From the belly of of the space hog, this rumbling of a thousand motors, yeah. <laughs> and then orc bikes. <laughs> uh, um, I liked too how they sort of gave Abaddon's point of view. How like you know he's got all these warbands pledged to him, but they all hate each other anyway. So he's trying to keep it in line. He's getting really pissed off that they they're all fighting each other. Um, and what was interesting it, it is it feels like it feels like. Um... Like a little league manager. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> like, just trying to keep everybody in stop. line and stop picking up flowers in the outfield. Just <laughs> get in your space I, hulk. Let's go. I, I want the end of our, the Ark of Omen um, storyline to be how Abaddon realizes that if he were to win and rule the, the galaxy, this would be it for eternity for him, <laughs> right? <laughs> Never mind. Oh no! Never mind. He just tosses his armor, finds some agri world, and gets you know starts a farm. (laughs) It's a peaceful life. (laughs) Like the chaos gods, like, but Abdon, you have to come back. No, (laughs) this this is administration. You're trying to make me into a CEO. (laughs) And uh, and a tidbit that they keep that they've dangled before, but uh, Fulgrim's actually around Nihilus, just kind of. Doing his thing, uh, you know, indulging in excess, and Abaddon's, you know, what the hell are you doing? Like, we're trying to do something here. And Fulgrim's like, nope, I'm going to do what I want. So. Um, I'm busy. Yeah. So. But it's it's fun for them to mention Fulgrim because, I mean, we're there, right? That's, that's the next one. Yeah, for sure. And I also, I don't know if you guys saw how they're, you know, how the other factions in the 40K universe have reacted to what's going on. Um, yes, like it's the cool. the Drakari almost took over one of the arcs, but they're like, "Oh wait, we can just let this destroy a bunch of plants and then pick over what they leave." Uh, we'll, we'll go. You can keep it. Yeah, yeah actually, hang on to that. <laughs> There's plenty of room. We'll just stay in the trunk. Yeah, <laughs> they're just hiding in there somewhere. Um, 
It's one of the things that I found was interesting because there's this tendency when whenever um, this kind of background story gets written for, for, for role-playing games and war games where – and I think you saw it a lot like in the in, – in, was it like the the black the the, the black crusade or the, the the first time they did like a major campaign on like flash on the website and all that anyways and it the stories tend to be well this is a story about chaos so we're going to tell like 10 different stories about how chaos is kicking ass all over the galaxy and like nine of these stories are going to be about their kick how they're kicking imperial ass in this case like they've got stories about chaos warbands absolutely failing uh being extremely successful meeting like running around all the other races and factions in the galaxy like it's not just limited to this power fantasy we're writing about chaos so it has to be pro chaos like it it really if it because of that it feels a lot more like a galaxy spanning uh endeavor and i like that they also uh did wipe out a space green chapter that you never heard of before um mm-hmm. but which is what's important about the setting is that there are countless chapters yeah. and uh, we can just invent one to kill. Yeah. <laughs> they need somebody to die we here. To. We just kill these guys. They're not one of the main ones. So it'll be fine. Yeah. They're called the um, Raven Redemptors or something. <laughs> like just roll on the, the naming columns and see what we get. But lots of really good fluff in this book and I think a good setup for – the next three, the um, what's the next one? Uh, Angron, Ang- yeah, Angron, Vashtor, and then the mystery fourth book that we don't know yet. We we the actually one. the yeah. Ordo Zenos one. He should be telling us soon what that's going to be, right? I think so. I well, like maybe we at a Debscom, we'll see. Or they could oh, do it at LVO next week too. Uh, I think it's going right. to be LVO. I think it's going to be LVO. I wouldn't be surprised. Is it? Like what, what else are you going to say? So you, you announced the book at LVO, then you announced the new army that's going with that book at Adepticon. Yes. That's what you do. Yes. With Dark Mechanical Army, that one? Yes. The, yes. Okay. Or or Games Workshop goes all out and gives us uh, Dark Mechanicum and Exodite. Oh, in a box. In a box. Let's go. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. No. Oh man. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, but really, what the main thing that this book hum- comes with is a whole new way to play 40k. Um, and the basis of it is it's very small armies, boarding actions, 500 points, mm-hmm. HQ, zero to one HQ, zero to three troops, zero to three elites. You can only have one character. Um, as of you know the printing of the book, they did release PDF that changes stuff for some armies. But um, generally, that's that's what you're building off of. And it's got some interesting rules, right? Um, if your minimum squad size is less than five, then it just has to be the minimum um, size squad. If it can be more than five, it has to be ten, because every squad is has to be like a ten man squad has to be split up into five man squads at the beginning of the game. Um, but the most interesting part of the boarding actions is the terrain. Uh-huh. There's a lovely Borny Actions box set out there, which should give you everything you need. But if you've been collecting Kill Team boxes and you get the last two, I think that should also serve 
for you to play the game. Um, although I actually I haven't looked. And maybe you, OJF, the kill team boards are they? Because the the big thing about the boarding actions is the squares on the board. And yes, the kill team boxes boards do have those squares. Great, fantastic. Uh, mostly because like the kill team, the way that scenery is used in kill team on predetermined maps permission is is very similar to what you see in uh in, yeah. in the boarding actions missions. So it's it's very much the same thing. What's interesting is like you even get like information. Well, this door is going to be open. This one has to be closed because there's an action uh, to open and close doors, and it influences line of sight. I love that level of detail. One of my uh, one of my favorite things I saw on Twitter was somebody talking about how so you can open and close doors, you can turn lights off on and off, and it's the middle aged dad simulator. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. The next box will have thermostats. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, I mean, there is there is a, a mission with radio action, radioactivity yeah. in some of the rooms. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think there are actions specific to the mission to vent it. So <laughs> close. <laughs> so I think you know the most important thing if you're going to be playing this is when you're putting your terrain together, make sure you keep it modular. Yeah. Right, yes, because very much there's. So. Different configurations for each mission. The further books will probably have more missions, different more configurations. You need to keep that stuff so you can separate it. And, play. and that, I will say, after playing a couple times, and we didn't even use, we didn't have all the GW terrain. We used some stand-in pieces, but the setting up and the tearing down is going to be the biggest pain in the butt for playing this. Um, <sighs> but you know, just make sure you. The games are so short though, because it's five hundred points. Right, that it, it shouldn't take too much longer than a quick game of 40k anyway. Yeah. Yes, which is both good and bad because you spend so much time setting up the map for a short game, and then you say, "Hey, we have time for another game," and then you need to set up a different. Yeah, so let's reconfigure. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask, how does it work with not like with the non-official terrain? So what? What? I just um. With the non-official terrain, we my for Necromunda, one of my friends at the 3D printer had printed out some walls and stuff anyway that, you know, they're close to the GW ones. So we just kind of set it up. You know, it didn't didn't take too much away from the game. There weren't huge, ch- you know, chunky pieces of terrain, but um, we were able to get pretty close to to the setups they had in, in for the missions in the book. Um because that, that's one of the things that's interesting about this new way to play. Like, if I, I, I will talk about how it fits into the progression of of you know getting into 40k, but in a way, it's a sort of genius marketing move because you're not necessarily forced to get the train, but kind of encouraged to because but look it's at it, so look at it this yeah. way, right? Like prior to that. There's a smattering of assorted GW terrain, and there's certainly been more in the last few years than previously. But otherwise, you were kind of on your own. Yeah. So this is at least like I know what I need. I need these walls and doors. Fantastic. Yeah. Here, here's everything you need in a box to yeah. play these games. All the games that we have to play so far for boarding actions. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm oh, no, just saying no, that it. Um, in in a way, it very much like sure, 
Arcs of Omen is like Arcs of Omen Abaddon is a book, but it's also a book that tells you you should probably have this terrain. Yeah, and I yeah. mean you can definitely you know finagle it, but the the big thing is the board, right? The boards and um being able to have the squares marked out, which we sort of probably didn't get quite right when we did it, but. Um, I mean, as long as it doesn't influence how much fun you have with the game. Oh, no. No, of course mm-hmm. not. Yeah, we weren't – we were just trying it out, so we weren't worried about getting it correct or anything. But um, And it's it, a lot of interesting rules that make this different for 40K, right? So you can only – with shooting, you can only kill what you have line of sight to. Um, so if, you're, if your squad stretch around the corner, you can, only the guys that can be seen are the only guys that can be killed, um, which is a big change. And – no stratagems at all, except for the the base three, for now, right? The I'm sure right. the other books could expand further, but command reroll, insane bravery, and uh, interrupting in combat is all you can do. Which is good. Yes. And this kind of brings me to what I alluded to earlier. I feel that this replaces something that wasn't working well in 40k is the combat patrol sized games. Yes. Yeah. They were fun, but I've played a few and they're very hard to balance. And I think, you know, one of the things that I, I have some friends who they want to play more 40k, but like, man, there's just, you know, I got like 40 stratagems. I don't know. Like, which ones are good, which ones I shouldn't use? Well, here you go, right? You got three, and they're they're pretty easy. It it makes for such a good stepping stone that mm-hmm. I feel normal combat patrol wasn't. Yes. Like, it, it turns every one of us into a much more efficient recruitment officer for Games Workshop. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I mean... You show up, you've got the scenery, you've got your own model, and then you've got your buddy that wants to get into the game, and all he needs to do is get 500 points, which is like a box or two. And then they come over, they don't have to learn as many stratagems, the rules were fairly simple, and it plays a lot more like a board game. Mm-hmm. So it makes for a much more attractive, and you're the, you're the guy with the kit, you're the guy with the scenery and the books. So, I don't know, it's... It's elegant. Yeah, I was going to say the only thing is having access to the scenery that you need, right? If well, that's why that's why you need uh, a Games Workshop buddy, like uh, someone who yeah, already exactly. plays. Like one, one of us suckers. <laughs> um, and I'm sure, you know, like I said, you could, if you want to try it out, you could you could finagle it with some stuff. But um, I do, I yeah, it plays very quick. The missions are, are, you know, there's no super complex missions. Um, and I think it's a, a great quick way to play. And like you said, to get somebody into the game, right? Here's, I have all the terrain. Get your 500 points together and let's go. And because the the, the board sizes have changed with the, the, the new edition, this now this fits on a kitchen table, which yeah, is a huge change. Like it's yeah. a huge advantage to be able to get people into the game. And um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're a pro. We... Yeah, no. So, oh, cause for sure. Like learning, like playing a 
playing a combat patrol size game is still a full game of 40k. It's just less points, so it's theoretically faster. Whereas this is like legitimately built to be sort of yeah. that middle ground. And they give you a little bit of, you know, you can um, mess with the army a little bit because there's some boarding action specific equipment or stratagem kind of things you can take, right? Because there's right. no relics or warlord traits either. So leave out that whole decision tree from when you're playing your game. But you can give your guys like a personal teleporter or um, like give them superior boarding tactics so they get they start with two extra CP. Um, or, you know, uh, even rather than having relics, right, you can just take a trademark weapon, which is a flat plus one strength, plus one damage to a weapon. Nice. So it takes out that whole whole extra step um, that sometimes, you know, can bog down new players trying to pick warlord traits in relics for their armies. Um, and then there's a nice line in there that says, hey, if you're doing crusade and you want to do boarding actions, go ahead. No additional rules. Just, you know, you can't take vehicles and, and jump pack guys. You just have to maintain the the rules set for army building for the boarding actions. That's so good. And this this book comes with nine missions, which usually, you know, we're used to seeing like six or so, but this has three extra. Um, and it's just, they're all, you know, they're objective marker based. And they tell you right on the board where to put the objective markers. And um, they're all a little different, you know, unique, which is great. We just played. Yeah, it's one. We only played. Sorry, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say we only played the um, the Axis Junction, the first basic mission. We played that twice. Just get our hands around it. But I was gonna say one of the things that that looked interesting about the missions, and I think that's a bit of liberty that they get from being to, from imposing the terrain and the terrain setup, is that a lot of the a lot of the, the 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 missions that I'm used to seeing is usually always the same thing. It's like, oh, you can capture, you need to capture objective, the amount of objective you have versus the number of objective your enemy has at, at, in the, during your command phase determines how many victory points you get. Rinse and repeat until the end of the game. Meanwhile, this this has like I was mentioning one of the missions having like zones with radiation where you have some some objectives and you, there, there's there's more to it yeah. than just going to objective and controlling them like there's choices as to which objectives are worth getting there's actions you can take in some of those missions to activate or deactivate certain you know aspects of the map it's a lot like i, I say they, they've moved the complexity from the let's admit kind of boring what you know tactical you know what 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 Tech cards I can use to the actual boards and mission rules, which I find a, a lot more enjoyable. That's probably why a lot of players are mad about it. Oh yeah, because <laughs> too much fun. Yeah, we don't want fun; we want competitive. But yeah, like you were saying, Jeff, you know, there's different actions you can do in the missions. Like one of them, the mission is, and they get progressively more co more complex as you go down through them. That rad one you were talking about with the radiation is the ninth mission um so the mo most complex but uh there's one with the furnace right so you can turn on the furnace if there's people inside they can take mortal wounds yes i remember so reading good. that one i was very excited about it oh, <laughs> you mean i get to burn people in a room 
<laughs> and uh, and at, like you're mentioning before, right? There's doors in a, all these walls, so you can open or close the doors, and that affects line of sight and um, where you can gain access to. And it's an action, right? So uh, it takes your at the end of your movement phase, and then you can't do anything else for the turn. Um, so I think a great introduction to it. I'm excited to see what else comes in the next books for more boring action goodness. I'm sure there'll be more missions. So we should be due for another kill team box soon, right? Like, I feel like it's mm. been a hot, like the first two came pretty quick. Cause see, I, before they announced arcs of omen and that the terrain from kill team would work for arcs of omen. I did, I did an uncharacteristically part with a box of the terrain. And um, this has not been good because I'm trying to cut back, but now I've been <laughs> burned by that. So game over. I will be buried by Games Workshop Plastic at some point here now. But <laughs> I'm just convinced one day they're going to find me dead under like a collapsed pile of Games Workshop yeah. boxes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you all have a big dumb grin on your face. It's oh, of course. <laughs> So yeah, so I I'm interested to see a if it is the same. I mean, we're still in the Gallo Dark, so presumably it's yeah. at least similar terrain. Does it add things for the like later? But like what? I'm, mm, well, mm. so far what we've seen with the Gallo Dark scenery is uh, the the difference between the two kill team boxes that we got was one sprue. One of them had little robots and the other one had different bulkheads and other pieces to add to the existing scenery. Sure. They could easily keep going in that direction and just always have that one sprue that they change to different things. And for example, they could have a sprue that just opens up two large rooms and you can build a, a sort of reactor out of it. And that's the next one. Yeah. And maybe the one after that is you get a sprue where you have some, alien infestation pieces that you can add to the scenery. There's a lot they can do. And that's part of the genius of that scenery is the way it's modular makes it versatile. Mm. So that's exciting. Looking forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see what the new kill team boxes come with, not only from, you know, what, what do they, how do they expand the scenery, but also what new kill teams we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because it was like we got the the Navy boarding Marines, and it was like, oh well, they're not on the Imperial Guard Codex. Oh wait, here's a whole game specifically about boarding actions, right? So hopefully they'll get stats and stuff so you can use them in these games. Yeah, I mean, I voiced my disappointment about it. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I I wanted so much more out of those guys. I want to be able to just play an army. Like I've been actively accumulating. Uh huh. Um little navy breachers and now I, I don't know what i'm going to do with them I'm well that, that's why i'm down. hoping you'll be able to do a 500 point combat patrol for boarding actions because it would make i'm sense. pretty sure i already can do that <laughs> but i'm hoping but the thing is like i want to be able to do that 500 point and then expand it into something cool yeah. listen i i remain steadfast in that i want to be able to put a bunch of navy breachers inside valkyries and play that in 40k <laughs> this is all i want <laughs> love it it's where they belong 
So that's Oxbow and Abaddon. You know, great, great fluff. Um, a really fun new way to play the game. I think it's definitely worth picking up and trying out, even if you proxy the terrain at first. Um, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to playing more. I'm looking forward to playing some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, maybe maybe uh, maybe I'll have my uh, I'll have my terrain ready for uh, for Adepticon. I can bring uh, I can it's bring nice it. and portable. Ooh, it is very portable. It's very portable because that's another thing that we that's worth mentioning. Like one of the things about this terrain is get yourself a dice bag for the little caps that uh, secure the pieces together, and. Everything else will fit in a kill team box. So you build your t- you, you build the two kill teams, you build all your scenery, and you can just put that in the box. And it makes it super portable. Yeah, it's for sure. And a 500 point army is not that hard to carry around no. with you, especially, especially when it's self, vehicles, especially when yeah. The, yeah, I was gonna say with no vehicles or or big flying things, you know, no monsters. There, there is um, like it's. If if you're planning on playing um, the, the 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 boarding actions, you're going to need to go see your army specific rules on yes. the Warhammer community website. And if you're a Tyranid player, prepare to be angry and disappointed that you can only have one Lictor in the one environment where oh, Lictor should be at home. <laughs> it's so I'm I am not naturally an angry man. He lied. <laughs> that really pissed me off. Like I, I, just, I, there you go. I hope it doesn't go right because, like, kill team, old kill team, right? Mm-hmm. People got mad that they couldn't bring all their favorite things, and that's how it wound up getting so bloated and not fun. Yeah. So, like, I understand. I agree with you because lifters are great, but also, I don't want it to get too crazy. No, I'm, I mean, I completely understand and agree with you, but also that is literally the environment for Lictors. Well, now so, what if that's what the Ordo Xenos is? Right, it could be that specific would rules be for super neat. Right, if it was like and maybe it is tyranny. I would not mind that at all. I thought you wouldn't. Um, but but the, the thing is, like, if if the Lictors don't, if the Lictor rules are unbalanced in boarding action, that they have to limit them. Uh, in that case, I would say just change the Lictor rules so that they're not, and you can, and, and they fit better. Yeah. Yeah. It's not sure. like people are really, you know, tripping all over themselves to include them in normal games of 40k. Anyways, this is true. I mean, I just, I'd have to go old school and just do Gene Steelers and Patriarchs. And... Yeah, I will. I will. Oh, I know you will. But yes, I, I, it would be nice to be able to include more than one Lictor in there. Yeah, I'm so eager to play it because that's the thing. Like, I yeah, I'm building Dev Guards specifically for that. Spoilers, <laughs> but also I have so many armies that right. I can pull 500 points. Yeah, from so easy and play with. So good. Like Gene Steelers first and foremost, but mm-hmm. also a bunch of other things. So they did announce that they're doing specific boxes. For this, which is yes, I don't we. It's interesting. Um, so first of all, we've got this weird thing where they've put out more Battle Force boxes, even though it's not Christmas, which I don't 
Like, is this just going to be a regular thing? They were all fine. space marines, though. It doesn't. Yeah, for now. But True. I mean, if plus they they, they did announce a chaosy one because that there were the two that were for arcs of omen, right? Oh, was yeah. it two? And then there was another chaos one. And so if we're gonna like, if we could just announce new armies in like March when I'm trying to plan a new project, that <laughs> right? <is> perfect, <laughs> terrific. And are they going to stick around? Like, is this just a thing you can buy now? Ooh, yeah, hopefully. Like, I, I, I hopefully they learn that lesson from their past. Of... I mean, because here's the thing about those boxes, right? It's just a repack. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's nothing special. It's just repackaged sprues. So there's no reason they couldn't still just offer it. I yeah, for sure. I, I think that they're probably going to be doing a rotation on them. Like, I don't see them keeping those for more than six months to a year. Well, that's Just fine. because they're going to want to do a rotation on Order them. it in these two weeks or you're never going to get it. No, no, no. I don't, oh, yeah, I don't think these are going to be limited um, in that sense. Mm. But I, I have a feeling that some people that may order them uh, are going to get them in plain white boxes. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Or just a, a box of boxes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go But forward, But them but... having, like, rolling um, deals to get armies at a slightly cheaper rate is mm-hmm. not a bad move either. Yeah, not mad about it. No. And Games Workshop has... If they're smart, and admittedly, this is not their specialty... But if they're smart, they they have to be sitting down in a couple of meetings and figuring out, all right, like we're if everything goes well, we're going to have a, a Warhammer 40k series or movies with Henry Cavill, and that's going to attract a lot of attention to the IP. Uh-huh. Yeah, we need to have what it takes to welcome new players. Yes, and. Right now, not exactly the most, like, you don't pick up Warhammer 40k in an afternoon, and you certainly don't pick it up for a pocket of change. No. Yeah, so, sure not. We were talking about this before the show, um, because I had, a, I had a friend of mine message me the other day because he'd been watching videos on painting D&D minis, and he went down a rabbit hole of 40k minis, and now he's like, maybe I want to get into this thing. And so he had asked, he'd asked me like, Hey, are the starter boxes a good value? And I said, yes, but like there's an asterisk there because they are a great value. If you're looking at cost of box versus cost of models. But if you're brand, brand new, the best thing that GW has done in the last few years is put out the getting started with Warhammer. They have a Sigmar one also. Um, It's like a, a, I say magazine, but it's not. It's like a little soft cover book, and it comes with a couple of models. And in the book, it tells you how to play the game. It tells you every faction, a bit about their lore, and a bit about how they play on the table. So, like, if you don't know, if you are coming in absolutely blind, like, this is the best $15 you can spend to at least, like, help you figure out. Because the worst thing that you can do is, like, Spend hundreds of dollars getting an army and then finding out you don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I've been there. Yeah. I think we've all been there at one exactly. point. Exactly. And I'm trying to help other people not do it. 
And then I told him that, you know, I've got some models in my collection I would be willing to part with. And he's like, you're just trying to get me in. And I said, yes, because yeah, I want more yeah. good people to play the game. So, yeah. It's, but as much as I agree with you that that's a good way, first of all, it's not a well-advertised way of getting people no, to the exactly. game. And I don't think it's the best way. I I feel like they can do better than that. Oh, the, I agree also. But you, at the moment. You know, it was, in, was interesting that, I mean, we didn't have it available in the U.S., but that those magazines they did, the Conquest yeah, ones. the Conquest. Where it was every yes. month, right? Here's a little magazine. Here's a couple models. Here's some paint. And then by the end of it, you had, like, a, you know, a decent-sized army. And you could always go out and buy more stuff at, at a shop if you wanted to, but if you just swallowed along, painted, you know, played some, you know, tiny games or whatever, and then at the end you had, like, a, a nice-sized army. Um, I thought that was really neat. Yeah. But I think distribution in the U.S. is probably a pain for yeah, probably magazines like that with all the extra stuff packed inside. Yeah, probably. I'm wondering if but, the... Uh, if, Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. I was just gonna say, like, I I don't like it's it's not our job to figure out their marketing, but I do I do believe that they need to find a a, a solution for that that is more elegant than what we've got right now. Because they're gonna get that influx, and I I don't know, I don't know that people are gonna stick to the game that much once they like they see the sticker, they, they get the sticker shock, and and the sickness and the amount of rules and details and like what, what factions to pick. Like it's, it's going to get complicated. Yeah. I mean, the, they need to do the rule book, like what we get in the grand tournament pack, but just the rules part, right? Yeah. It's like 10 pages or 15 pages, whatever doesn't have all the, I mean the fluff background pictures, that's all excellent in the full size rule book, but if you're starting, you don't you don't need that, right? But do you? Yeah. I mean, here's game. But when like, if you've been attracted by a television series or a movie, you're in for the lore. Like that's what hooked you. But when you pair that with like the magazine that Amy's talking about, where it has a little bit of it, I don't like. I'm talking about like if I'm going to go in and I'm going to start playing 40k, do I want to buy a sixty dollar rule book or like a fifteen dollar magazine slash rules set? I mean, clearly the 15 thing, but, mm-hmm. but the I thing. think like, there's I, a, I, I feel, different. yeah, there, there's definitely, there's, there's a middle ground and also it needs to be, and this is why like the Arcs of Omen feels like a good, I, I hope Games Workshop realizes that like it's, it's a good warm up. It's a good experiment to see how do we get people in and how do we scale them to full armies in a way that's. It's right, immersive. Yeah. Kill team is too different. Like it should be, and that's great. But you're not. It's not a. It's not a smooth transition. Right. No. Right. But it is a good way. Like especially with the terrain coming in kill team boxes. Like oh, let's let's start with kill team, and then you've got like a unit, and your buddy's got a unit, and you've got half the half the scenery. And you get more kill team so that you can try a different thing each and get the more scenery. Then you get Ark of Omen and the core book 
each of you gets another unit so you can fill up to 500 and now you're doing boarding actions and then you need that other stepping stone to a thousand point like it well, we feels like what you the rest could have no no exactly exactly and but what i'm saying is like you could have a roadmap like they could have this not be just supplements but an official roadmap on how to join the cult i mean start playing warhammer <laughs> i mean you know same difference uh, i'm wondering if the the bale fleet battle force mm-hmm. like it, that kind of looks like the stuff like oh hey like here's the role leaders but here's all the non-role leader stuff that you might want to you know what i mean that's true here's your dragon because, I mean, even though it has a nice arc, arc of Omen, like, box, you know, on the outside, you, you can't take a Helldrake in, in an Arx of Omen. No, game, the, so. it's, the, it's the season yeah, that exactly. we're in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the same way that Sigmar has done with, you know, following um, uh, Warcry thematically Yeah. Mm-hmm. in the main game. It's the same idea. But, um... Yeah, well, we should be getting, I mean, the next book's coming soon, so we'll have to see what they add to the Arx Roman. So also recently we had Adepticon signups, which... That went well. Smooth as chunky peanut butter. Now, it was not Adepticon's fault, first of all. Which, I mean, the internet thought it was, but it definitely wasn't. They sure did. They're the like, internet well, they... loves to blame. Oh, yeah, of course. Because, I mean, prior to this year, I am recent enough that I have never really had a problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I, I mean, I go for a little bit now, but, you know, I've never really had a problem with signups because event is usually pretty terrific, handles things well. And then... Um, and then Cvent just happened to go down uh, half an hour before registration started. Yeah, very unfortunate timing. Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, me, I, I, I wasn't at home, so I tried on my phone for twenty minutes and I gave up. So I missed out on the friendly. But what? If you no. show up, if you oh. show up, it, it'll be fine. Yeah, I know. I, I have some other. <laughs> Can you cut that out of the show? I don't, think, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think like just show up should be like the the mot d'ordre on, uh, on how to how to play the friendly. But um, I mean that's most events at Adepticon though. If you didn't get in, like you should definitely you should you should have a chance. show up and yeah. see if there's space. Like that's a yeah, that's no, a that's, very that reasonable that's a very reasonable tactic. You go and you see if people have not shown up and if there's room. For yes. You. But, but the, the friendly does require that you send in your list early yes, um, it does. and all that. So maybe not just showing up, but asking to be on the wait list or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it was un- unfortunate. Um, and one, and I think my opinion is they should go back to VIG lottery. Um, I mean the the VIG bag is not for me is not something I'm too interested in anyway, but I know yeah. for the, I mean I because last year I said okay I'll do the lottery and I I got it so I I took it and I like gave all of it away right <laughs> but it was still you know I think 
there's a lot of people that want it, and it, it I don't think, in my opinion, that shouldn't be a first come, first serve, right? You have just the first 24 hours of registration, you can go in the in the lottery for it, and then. Um, I I have a different um, point of view because lotteries piss people off because then yeah. it becomes a game of chance. I well, I feel that. I think getting into the site and signing and grabbing one before it's gone is a game of chance too. Yeah, yeah but, but you know. here's the here's the thing. I feel that what they should do is just have. Um, they should they should stagger registration. Like mm-hmm. they should have a day. Okay, this is where you come in and you buy your badge, your normal badge, and sign up for your normal events. And then uh, two weeks later, all right. Well, any but we're adding the uh, the VIGs and and mm-hmm. swag bags to the uh, to the site. And anybody who wants those, well, you guys can jump in and uh, and register for those and add upgrade your uh, your, your registration. Because I noticed like the the rush is people getting wanting their VIGs and people wanting to get into very limited space seminars. Yeah. 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 Everything else, I mean, sure, like there's stuff events like the, like like the friendly that fill up very quickly, but if you remove like the hundreds of people trying to get more swag, yeah. that everything else is going to become a lot easier and a lot smoother. So I I think that removes the chance element like and I'm listening. Again I'm though, like I still think it would have gone fine. If Cvent hadn't gone down, oh absolutely, yeah, absolutely. yeah, for sure. Like we're we're trying to fix a not a problem or fix yeah. the wrong problem. Yeah, but it is stressful to know that you're going to try to get on the site and there might be slowdowns because there's a bunch of people who want to get a free box of something they don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I make fun, but like I used to get like the VIGs. Oh, I, I did used too. And squat yeah. swag bags. It's just I, I realized like when was the last time I used anything from any of those? Well, that's what I mean. Like stuff. like last year it was an Age of Sigmar starter box. I already had two of those. I don't you know didn't need another one. And then it's you know I like I like getting all the all the random cool miniatures, but they're all stuff I can just go buy, right? If I yeah. really wanted them. So I mean, I got yeah, a regular I, box one year that's came with the song of ice and fire starter which is still wrapped mm-hmm. in plastic on my shelf yep yeah i, got I think it. about I'm it so a lot fine. i look at it and i go yeah the i i the it was probably five probably three before so 2017 i think was the year where i got where i got the vig and i got like the games workshop figure case like that was great but everything since then has been like oh well i don't really Stuff. I mean, I think they're all cool things. Like the people oh, who got like a box of uh, title something. I, I don't know all the games, but like there's there's a lot of cool games, a lot of yeah. cool medium to small companies putting really cool things. And I'm glad I did the VIG stuff for the time I did, but now I've become a little more choosy and picky about what I want to bring back from Adepticon, anyways. So mm, yeah. I, I go over with a shopping list that I bust. <laughs> I mean, once you get to that Forge World booth, man, it's all it's down yeah. there for me. But but what I'm trying to say is like I don't need more unpredictables. Yeah, On no, that's yeah. Hand, I wanna you wanna you know, know what you you're were getting. A kid, yeah. You know when you were a kid and you went to like the uh, the convenience store and you would get like one of those paper bags that with a clown printed on it that said surprise and it was just random candy and maybe like one cheap plastic toy. Yeah. 
that's the adult gamer version of that. Yeah, for sure. So I get it. I totally get it. But also, that's what's that's that's what's clogging. Yeah. Well, if there's a slowdown, that's not the event's fault. That's usually what's causing it. It's it's that thing, right? It could be all amazing stuff that I'm gonna love, or it could be stuff I'm mediocre about it. It's the gambling aspect that people. Yeah, and I mean, the thing that you love might be something that someone else finds boring. Like it's yeah, for sure. Not, and I mean, the swag bags are, are the VIG Oh, I did thing. get a regular swag bag. I oh, I got a regular one, too. Right? Swag but, bag. Um, oh, for this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I did not. The uh, the VIG is great, and I, I certainly appreciate all the companies that donate stuff to it. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's just the amount of, of product they just give out to people. Oh, it's nonsense. It's always fun to see. It, it, I, like that's the best part. The best part is watching that. Like, and I did this last year too, right? In line trying to get everything, where they just keep piling stuff on. Yeah. Like, I don't have enough hands for all this stuff, but you have to get it all in one go. Yeah. Bring a friend if you get the VIG. Yeah. Have him yeah. be your caddy. I, I might, I might do VIG maybe next year, just so I can like do a video unboxing or something. Mm. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be a good. Uh, Ours were the content. <laughs> yeah. So what is so what did you guys sign up for this year? Um, I am. I, I think Jeff is the same. I'm just doing the friendly and the team tournament. Nice. Because the team tournament eats up your whole weekend, which Very is fine. True. It's great. Um, but it is your whole weekend. Yeah. Um, I did the same. I. I juggled with the idea of doing something on Thursday and then I decided, you know what? No, there's a bunch of people that are going to be there. Like you guys included that. I just want to hang out with. Yeah. There's open gaming area. So I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to have my toys and, uh, we can, uh, we can grab some ciders and just hang out and drink and play games outside of organized tournaments. And the, because... the other part for me is that, um, because we're we're taking next year off from the team tournament, that means I have two days to fill, mm. and so I'm gonna want to check out what some of the other games are. I've got my eye on a few, and I know they're gonna be there, and so I'm gonna go to their booths and try and get a demo and spend too much money, and it's gonna be great. Oh, I I did sign up for the poker night. Yes. Oh, cool. There's a so... what day is that? Sunday. Sunday deep into the night. Oh yeah, I'm leaving Sunday like late afternoon. So the um, so now I need to learn how to play poker. Oh, it's easy. Just make stuff up as you go. Yeah. the The most dangerous poker player is a person who doesn't know what they're doing. It's true. Because well, there's no strategy. No, you just you just go for it, and they're like, "Oh look, I have like a like an ace," and they're like, "Actually, you have like the best hand in the game. You win." Yeah, you win. Congratulations. No, I mean, I, I know, like, the hands is just, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of terminology and sequence of events that seem to be a little bit more precious. Like, I know I know how to ki- to play kid's table poker. The, the I, worst I thing to learn Are you implying that this poker. is going to be any different than playing kid's <laughs> yeah, table poker? It's going to start more official and get dumber as people drink, I know, but... I mean, the only big faux pas is just betting out of turn. Other than that, you'll, I'm sure you'll be fine. Just don't do that. So I can't, I can't just walk around and just say all in all the time. Well, I you shouldn't be walking around. Cold. I guess that's the first thing we should establish. <laughs> you shouldn't be walking around the table 
while you're playing cards. What do you mean table? Tables. I was just faking it. Just every table. Table to table. Just just all in. I'm playing all five. No, that's exactly how you play it. Amazing. I'm going to be so popular. (laughs) Man. I'll have to look for the after action report for the poker night to see mm-hmm. what happens. <laughs> well, we killed JF. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff uh, can never play poker at Adepticon again. Yeah. And some would argue that he wasn't already. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's awesome. Great. Well, um, I think, you know, soon we'll have the world readers codex to, to mm-hmm. kind of look at with you guys and uh some models from that and i'm sure there'll be a new arcs of one book coming soon and like you said lvo so yeah big big information big information there that's, i'm actually going like... to lvo this year are you yes that's oh. fun i'm playing marvel crisis protocol though Ooh. um i mean ooh. Oh. I won a local tournament, so I got an invitation to the Invitational Tournament. Well, so. well, well we didn't know you we were the big deal. I'm not. I'm definitely not. A big deal. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, it's fine. It's like, look, um, do, do we have to call you your highness now? <laughs> <laughs> Only if I win, which I won't. So, no. <laughs> um, yeah, but hopefully that should be a, a nice preview for LBO. Absolutely. And if there is a preview and you guys want uh, immediate analysis on it, Amy and I will, on the day of release, a, uh, a video to comment on what, what we've seen. Those and, are a good time. And where is that video and what is the name of your channel? Uh, we put it on uh, on our YouTube channel for Warhammer Workshop, where we have a bunch of other videos. We haven't put out a really cool video in, in a while. We put out uh, video versions of our uh, Warhammer Workshop news podcast there, but we're we we we're a bit behind on other videos. But we're we're looking at fixing that for the new year. Yeah, got plans. <laughs> Well, if you're going to Adepticon, let us know what you'll be participating in on the on our Facebook page or on our Twitter. You know, if you're going to be in the friendly, let Amy and JF know. Yes. Um, so you can be really weird and walk up to them and just say, hey, I recognize your voice. Like, what? What's going on? Not when I've been drinking, you won't. <laughs> um, but otherwise, we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhist Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhist Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhist Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies. <laughs>